0: Thank you, Pastor. Let's take our Bibles tonight and turn with me to the Gospel of Luke chapter number 22. The Gospel of Luke chapter 22. Well, I want to thank you again for being faithful to come to the meetings. I appreciate Brother Drake inviting us to come and the Lord meeting with us this week and helping us. We want to give him all the honor and all the glory for what he's done. And I appreciate the... uh, Nice, special motel accommodations and uh, the food and everything. I enjoyed the homecoming Sunday, and I've enjoyed it all week. I appreciate the choir being faithful to sing this week, and our piano player and organ player. I appreciate you and and the good job that you've done and helping us. You know, it takes all of us working together. Uh, I like uh, potatoes, but to be honest with you, I like salt on my tater. And uh, that salt gives them that flavor. And to me, singing is just like thought on top of the Word of God. You know, it gives it seasoning. It it, it gives the it sets the stage for the service. nobody knew what I was going to preach tonight but the Lord. And every song, I guarantee you, has been right in line with what I was going to preach. And so the Lord knows. And He's prepared this service for us tonight to help us. And I pray that God will just speak to our hearts. And I want us just to be still tonight and know that he is the Lord. I want us to go back to Calvary tonight. We close out the meeting, my part of it. I want us to have a fresh look at Calvary. You say, Brother Buster, this is not Easter. No, I tell you, Calvary can, ought to be real every day of your life. Amen. And I know no other motivating force like seeing Jesus dying on the cross for me. And it constrains me, the love of God constrains me then to live for the Lord as I watch Him bleeding and dying for me. Alright, let's look in Luke chapter number 22. I'm going to turn it on right now. Luke 22, verse number... We'll begin reading in verse number 14. Stand with me tonight as we read Luke chapter 22, verse number 14. And when the hour was come, he sat down and the twelve apostles with him, and he said unto them, With desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say unto you, I will not any more eat thereof until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took the cup and gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say unto you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God shall come. And he took bread and and, and gave thanks and break it and gave unto them, saying, This is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. Likewise, also the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, notice now, which is shed for you. Notice the last five words there, which is shed for you. Let's bow for a moment of prayer. Father, as we bow before You tonight and come before Your presence, I want to thank You, Lord, for this week of meeting. And Father, from my heart tonight, I can say it's been one of the best weeks of meeting of church revival that I've been in a long time. And I thank You, dear God, that, Lord, You met with us. The Lord, it would have been all in vain. unless You to come and met with us and helped us. And, and Father, I stand tonight again where no man can help me now. And I realize the arm of the flesh will fail me. God, the Holy Ghost, I look to you for that fresh touch, that anointing of God. I pray tonight, Lord, that you'd encourage each one of us, Lord, to realize the price that was paid for our salvation. And Lord, tonight may you motivate us, may you constrain us, Lord, oh God, to live for you and to tell others of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, I'm reminded that you said, except that I be lifted up, you said if you be lifted up, that you draw all men unto you tonight, Lord, I pray that you draw that sinner that may be here tonight that's unsaved. Oh, dear God, speak tonight as only you can. We'll thank you and we'll praise you for what you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. You can be seated tonight. Thank you for standing. When we come to Luke chapter number 22 and the verses that we've read that deal with the last Passover and as Jesus institutes the Lord's Supper, we're some 13 to 15 hours before the death of the Lord at the cross of Calvary. Some 13 to 15 hours. And in verse number 14 that we read tonight in your hearing, the Bible said and when the hour was come. When the hour was come. Now this is the hour that all eternity past was looking forward to. And this is the hour that all eternity's future shall never, never forget. This is the hour of all hours. It's the day of all days. It's the day and the hour of the redemptive suffering of the Lord Jesus Christ. As I thought about this, we see the Lord Jesus as he breaks the bread, and he said, take this and, and eat it. He said, it's my body which is broken for you. And as He took the fruit of the vine and and He blessed it and He poured it out and said, this is my blood of the New Testament which is shed for you. The Lord Jesus knew that in just a few short hours that His body would be broken and that His blood would be poured out for the sins of all of humanity. And He knows that this is what's about to happen. And He's standing in the shadows of the cross now. I he's mean, down to the end of this thing. This is the hour that he has been longing for. Did you notice? He said with desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. Now, tonight, I want us to go to at least four major places where Jesus shed his blood. Now, there's actually five. Five is the number of grace, and there's five. I'll mention the first one in the mouth. I'll measure on the four other places. By the way, tonight, we do understand that it's by the blood of Jesus that, that our sins are washed away. Now, there's controversy tonight. There's some of those so-called theologians saying, it's not the blood, but it is death. That, I want to tell you the Bible said that in Ephesians 1.7, in whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. John the Revelator said in Revelation 1.5, unto Him that loved us and washed us from our sins in His own blood. The old songwriter had it right. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. So oh, it's the blood tonight, folks. It's the blood. It was the blood in the Old Testament. It's the blood in this dispensation of grace. And even in the tribulation period, John saw those on the Isle of Patmos, and he said, Who are these? And the, and the angel said, These are they? that have washed their robes' flesh like in the blood of the Lamb. It's the blood of the Lord Jesus applied to your heart by faith. or oh, it'll be hell for eternity, friend. It's the blood. The blood. Now tonight, if you'd look, you need not turn, but just listen. The very first place is found in Luke chapter number 2 and verse number 21. Jesus is eight days old now. And in Luke chapter 2 and verse 21, the Bible said in when the eight days were accomplished for the circumcision, the circumcising of the child. Now when Jesus was eight days old, Mary and Joseph carried him to the temple for the mosaical rite of circumcision to have been performed on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the number eight means a new beginning. And for every little male boy, when they circumcised him, it implied a new beginning. Now, they sing a song sometimes about only, it'll only take one drop, only one drop of his blood to wash away my sins. I don't believe that. Because if all it took was one drop of blood, that Jesus would have never had to way to the cross. Eight days old in the circumcising uh, would have been as far as he had to go. Uh, but, oh, friend, he took every drop of blood. Uh, he took his life. Uh, he took his death and his blood, uh, all of it, to be poured forth freely. Now, by the way, the blood that was in Jesus' vein, it was holy blood. It was undefiled blood, that uncontaminated blood. and, And the bottom line is, it was the blood of God Almighty. Did you know that? It was the blood of God flowing in the veins of the Lord Jesus. Now, humanly speaking, every one of you tonight, you have the blood of your dad flowing in your body. The blood type of your dad. The, the baby doesn't get the blood from the mother. It gets it from the dad. And you see, Jesus was born of a virgin. Mary was a virtuous virgin little girl. Uh, a young lady. Uh, and she never knew a man. Uh, but the Holy Ghost moved upon her. Uh, and she conceived uh, the Holy Seed of God Almighty. Uh, which was the Lord Jesus Christ. And the blood that flowed from Jesus' veins was the very blood of God Almighty. Without fear, without any contamination until it, watched the world. Now, you know what some people will say? They'll say, Why, well, preacher, the blood that flowed from Jesus' body at the cross that blood at eight days old and circumcising, uh, why that blood evaporated uh, and that blood fell in the sand at the cross uh, and that blood it was absorbed by Mother Earth uh, and it just is not. But I beg to differ with you. Uh, hallelujah to God when He arose uh, and went into that temple not made with hands, uh, He carried His own blood in uh, and He sprinkled it before the mercy seat uh, and upon that mercy seat, uh, Thank God the blood of Jesus uh, is in heaven tonight. Uh, it's there, And when God sees the blood, uh, He sees those of us that are saved, uh, covered by uh, the blood of the Lord Jesus. Covered by that blood. You say, preacher, is that far out there somewhere? I want to tell you now you can't see it that on the doorpost in the middle of my heart, that that day I got saved, that hallelujah, the blood was applied, that my sins were washed away, my old black soul, that was made white in the blood of the Lamb. In the blood of the Lamb. Now, I want you to turn with me to Luke 22, 39. I want us to go to the first major place tonight, Remember, we're preaching on a fresh look at Calvary. A brand new look at Calvary. In Luke chapter 22 and verse number 39, I want us to look at Gethsemane. Gethsemane, the place of the cup. Now notice what it says. And he went out as he was wont to the man of olives. And his disciples also followed him. And when he was at the place, he said unto them, Play the, in and out the temptation. He was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast, and kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me, nevertheless not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him, and being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was as it were great drops of blood that falling to the ground. Now, I want us to look at the Lord Jesus at Gethsemane, at uh, the place of the cup. After he had the Lord's Supper that night with the disciples, uh, he went out and crossed the Brook, Kidron Valley. Uh, he walked down into the Garden of Gethsemane. The Bible says where he was wont to go. Uh, that simply means where it was his, uh, a natural place to go pray. He went there oftentimes to pray, uh, and Jesus went there, and out of those disciples he took Peter, James, and John, cut uh, them a little further, and then Jesus went to pray. Uh, now notice this. Uh, the word Gethsemane means an oil press, uh, or a place where the olives were pressed out. Uh, in other words, when I was in Israel in 84, they had a big old massive stone there, flat stone, uh, had a ridge on that flat stone, uh, and there were little holes in the side. that They'd take their olives, lay them on that flat stone, and they had a big round stone. And they would roll it around and around in that. And what it would do, it would crush them olives, and the juice would run out the little holes, and they would catch it. What are you trying to say, preacher? Oh, Jesus is there in Gethsemane, and he's being pressed upon by the pressure of the cup. Now I want you to notice the position of Christ. The position of the Lord Jesus. Matthew said about this same instant here, Matthew said Matthew 26, 39, and he went a little further, uh, and he fell upon his face. He fell upon his face. Uh, can you see deity uh, down in the dust that uh, playing prostrate in the ground? Uh, and he's praying. you know who he's praying for? He's praying for you and praying for me. There he is, laying in the dirt. Christ, to God. Oh, for you and for me. Sometimes I think about how hypocritical that prayer life is. Oh, God, I tell you if If the Lord laid down prostrate and prayed, we ought to crawl under a rock somewhere. Oh, listen, here's the position of Christ. But notice the purpose of the cup. Now, what is this cup? What's going on here? Now, some have said that Jesus is afraid of dying right here. And they say Jesus is fringing or he's drawing back and he's afraid to die. I don't believe the Bible teaches no such truth, friend. No, no. Listen to these verses. John twelve thirty seven. He said, now is my soul troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. He said, but for this cause came I into the world. He wasn't drawing back. He wasn't afraid to die. He knew that this was his purpose. He knew this was the plan of God. He, he came for this reason to die. Then in John 17 and verse 1, listen to this. These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is done. Glorify thy Son that thy Son may glorify thee. He said, The hour is here, Father. Glorify me. Does that the like a lesson. man that's afraid of God?
1: No.
0: John 18, he said, To this end was I born. And for this cause came I into the world. He said in Luke 22, we read it tonight, with desire, with desire, if I desire to eat this Well, what is this? What, what is the purpose of the cup? Well, you see, that cup, there's not a real cup there like we would hold a cup in our hands, but it's the cup, it's the descriptive term of all the sins of humanity has in this cup. All the sins from Adam and Cain right on down through to the last man, woman, girl, boy, and girl that will ever live. There is that truth about that cup. All the sins are in that cup. And he that knew no sin was getting ready to become sin. Now think about it. He was pure, undefiled. Separate from sinners. That he never had an evil fall. That he never done one thing wrong. That, oh, but he's getting ready That's to become here. He's getting ready to drink that cup. He said, Father, he said, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Now look here. He wasn't afraid to die, but he did not, if there was any other way, any other way, than having and having to become sin. And having to become sin. Oh, listen, he was pure in the whole. You said, preacher, did he really become sin? Well, you figured it out for yourself. Second Corinthians 5.21 said, for he hath made him uh, to become sin for us, and you know sin, uh, that we might be made the righteousness of God, is
1: There's
0: the purpose of that, God. Oh, he has the fears of all humanity. By the way, he prayed three times in that garden, and every one of those prayers was an hour long. Read your Bible. Three hours he laid there and groaned and called out to God and said, Father, if there's any other way, if Father, I'll Father, be willing. Remove this cup from me. Remove this cup from me. Finally, he said, Not my will. Not my will, but thine be done. And at that very moment, He took that cup, as it were, and He drank down the sins of all humanity. He took the sin of the harlot, the sin of the doper, the sin of the prostitute. He took the sin of the murderer and the rapist. He took my sin and your sin, and He was made sin
1: for us.
0: He might be made the righteousness of God. You remember reading about Nehemiah in the Bible? Nehemiah, he was the king's cupbearer. Here's Nehemiah's job. Nehemiah was in the palace. And when they would bring the king a beverage to drink, Nehemiah would step forward and say, Hold it, boy. He'd take that cup. He'd pour him some and he'd drink out of it. And if Nehemiah didn't fall dead, then they'd give it to the king. You see, he was the king's cupbearer. He was trying to keep him from assassinating the king or murdering the king anyway. And you know what? Thanks be unto God that uh, there was that cup of death, my cup, your cup, and everybody else's cup of death. Uh, and Jesus said, Father, uh, I'll step forward. Uh, I'll drink their cup of death uh, that they might drink of the fountain of the water of life. Oh, uh, that they might not have to die. Uh, I'll take their death. Uh, I'll take that cup of death. I'll drink it they might live. That they might live. I'm glad he became my cupbearer that day. Oh, yes. He took that cup of death. took my sins. Placed them it upon himself, and was made sins for me. I might be made the righteousness of
1: God.
0: So not only do you see the purpose of the cup, but you see the pressure in Luke twenty-two forty-two. The pressure of this cup. The Bible said in being in an agony, Now, there's a lot of terms to describe suffering. I've heard people say, I'm hurting. I'm hurting. I've heard them say, I'm in pain. I'm in pain. But you hear somebody in the crowd, I'm in an agony. I'm in an agony the word agony here implies the greatest description of suffering known to man it means extreme physical and mental pain it means to wrestle with death you know what if he was there as he was there he began to pray he began to play so forcefully he began to play so hard he was crying out to God, just crying out to God. And the Bible said his sweat that was as it was. Great drops of blood All into the ground. you see this? Around every sweat pore in the human body, there's a little old giddy tiny blood vessel. And medical science says it's possible for a man to get under such strenuous labor, and to be under such a, a mental pain and physical pain and under such stress that those blood vessels will burst, and out of the sweat pours will come water. Water. Do you see, Jesus? Do you see? Notice what He said. His sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling to the ground, and He prayed more for well, the artist, you know, they show him that gets in there with his hands folded so neatly and a little halo about his head and, and long hair. That's the, that's, that's an abomination. He never wore long hair. He wasn't this epitome type Christ this world's portraying today yet. He was a man among men. He was the God man. And there he was in the dirt now. And he's praying. And there's literal blood. Blood. You know who he's praying for? And the Bible said that there was an angel that came and stood. Sh- I personally believe that there's a good probability right here that the forces of hell, the demons, and the devil came to the garden of Gethsemane under that pressure. There they, they, they was so much pressure being put upon him. The devil was hoping he'd die in the garden of Gethsemane. You and
1: for me. Must
0: Thank you. Thank you. Jesus bear the cross alone and all the world go free? Oh, that is the cross for everyone the cross for everybody. Look in John's Gospel now, chapter 19, verse 13. I want us to go to John chapter 19 and verse 13. We leave Gethsemane. Judas Iscariot comes and betrays the Lord Jesus with the kiss of betrayal. Oh, you're talking about such holy character. Jesus called him friend. Called him friend. It's been said that Judas kissed the door of heaven and he died and he went to hell. Here you see that the betrayal and they carried him before the high priest and he's been sent to Ananias and Caiaphas and Pilate and to Herod and back to Pilate again. In John 13, I want you to read with me. When Pilate therefore heard that saying, he brought Jesus forth and set that in the judgment seat that is in the place that's called the payment, but in the Hebrew, Jebatha. Jabatha. Now, Gethsemane is the place of the curse, right? but Jebatha is the place of chastisement. Now they took the Lord Jesus down. The disciples are dispersed. Uh, they leave Him uh, and they take the Lord and they go through this mock trial all night long. Uh, they find false accusers that lie. Uh, and Pilate says to find no fault in this man. Uh, I can find nothing wrong with this man. But you see it's here at Gabbatha that Pilate can see it for the Lord Jesus to be scourged. To be, to be whipped with a cat of nine tails. When I went to Israel just those few years ago, we stood there in the place that they believed to be Gaba. We went down stairs, down some long stairs, and there was marble floor, and it had trenches cut in it, and there were little old bitty drains like a place of a container. And the guide said this is where they would whip them. And the blood would run down these little channels. And they'd catch the blood to throw it out and be able to throw water in and wash it down. There was large marble pillars that went from the floor to the ceiling. And here's what historians say they would do. They would take that man that was to be scourged, just strip his raiment off of him to the waist. And then they would take his hands and pull it around that marble pillar and tie. So it would stretch the muscles across the back. They take the legs and pull it up to that thing and tie it, and there he was. And the Roman soldiers are the one that ministered the scourging him. Now, under the Mosaic law, it was forty lashes, save one. And I don't know that the Roman authorities even considered the Mosaic law. I have read that where those Roman soldiers suffered. Listen, they thrived on making people suffer. And they were professionals in inflicting pain upon people. And Josephus, that great Jewish historian, said that many times when that man would take that scourge, they kept it in salt water to keep that infection. Pull that leather handle out, and then there's nine leather throngs like a bull whip that falls off the end of that handle, and in the ends of that leather, there's pieces of bone, pieces of metal, and pieces of sharpened glass. And they've woven it inside there so it can prick, and so it can inflict more pain. Can you see Jesus? And there's blood on His face from where He's prayed. Can you see as they've got Him tied? And that Roman soldier drags that scourge across that marble floor and shakes it loose. And down through the air it comes. And it finds its mark across the back. And those projectiles dig in the skin and the flesh. And then they would take it and pull it down like this uh, and shut it down uh, so it would rip and lacerate uh, and lay open uh, the body of the victim. And you see him pull it loose, he shakes it loose, drags it across the marble floor, and there's blood. He shakes it loose back here and down again.
1: Flap! And flap!
0: And he's gerson. Oh, and it. Oh, and as he jerks it loose, there's pieces of flesh and there's blood and muscles in you. And again, and again, and again, and again. Most people said many times it would literally rip open the abdominal section and the intestines, the bowels would gush out. Sometimes he said one of those projectiles would hit an eye and just literally rip an eye from the you know whose beating that is? It's yours. That's my beating. He opened not his mouth. He's led as a lamb before her as is done. He never done a sin. He never done one thing wrong. It's us. You better listen to me tonight. It was your sin. are guilty. You said, preacher, I'd have never done that. I'd have been there. Oh, yes, you would have. You'd have consented. You'd have said, kill him. Kill him. Kill him. And you see, medical scientists told me the first ten lashes like that would take all the skin off. There's not much skin across your back. Would get all the skin off. The next ten lashes would even get down into the muscle and the tenure, right? And then the other lashes would begin to nick the arteries, the veins, and nick the bones. Can you imagine? Another pretty picture. It? It's whole back, his whole backside, his legs open. No doubt you could see his spine. You could see his red cage, the back part. Those things, which into the air, And the sunlight reflected upon him, and What? You said, preacher, did Jesus hurt like we've hurt? Oh, yes, i seen flesh every time in him. i seen flesh every time in him. He opened up his mouth. The only thing he ever said was "Father." forgive them. They know not what they do. A fresh-looking town.
1: The path, The place of death died.
0: Beating. Did you know Isaiah said he said he said in Isaiah 52-14 he said and many were sons said him and his visage in other words his recognition that uh, was so marred more than the sons of men. Oh, he didn't even look like a human being. He looked like a teacher. Laid open meat. You ever see anybody see a deer? You men a hunt, you know what it is. Take to the hide off of that animal. You ever see anybody see a squirrel? And they just literally strip off that hide off of it. Jesus flesh, and there's flesh and blood coming down. Can you see? As they say, it's enough. It's enough! It's time to go now. You know what I believe? I believe the devil was screaming that Roman soldier is here. Kill him! Kill him! Kill him! He had his eyes like a flint cord. He knew he couldn't die there. He had to go on. Now medical science says there's a possibility that in the garden of Gethsemane he lost a pint of blood. And they say from here in, in Gabbath he's probably lost as much as two to three pints of blood. A human body my size, 6'2", probably has approximately 12 pints of blood. You know they say if you lose 4 or 5 pints of blood, you automatically go into shock. You're not able to maneuver. But you see, this is just not a man. This is the God man. Amen. This is the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Turn with me to Mark
1: chapter
0: number 16, 15. Mark's Gospel, chapter 15. Mark 15 and verse number 15. We're going to leave now. The bath of the place of chastisement. I to so go to the garrison for it's called Petorium. And this is the place of cruelty now. The place of the cup, the place of chastisement, and the place of cruelty. The Bible says in Mark 15, 15, And so Pilate, willing to content the people, released Barabbas unto them and delivered Jesus when he had scourged him to be crucified. Now this is after the scourging. And the soldiers led him away. Now can you see the picture? They probably thought Jesus wore a white, seamless robe. That was his garment. And can you see now as they put that garment upon him, as they lead him out of Jabatha, and immediately the back of that garment turns into red blood. And as he's walking, there's blood dripping all around yes. If he stands still, there's blood dripping on the ground. They led him away, the Bible says, into the hall called Praetorium. It's called also the common hall, and it's noted as the garrison. They clothed him, verse 17, with purple. They planted a crown of thorns and put it about his head, and began to salute him, Hail, King of the Jews! And they smote him on the head with a reed, and did spit upon him, and dying on knees, they worshipped him. And when they had mocked him, they took off the purple from him, and put his own clothes on him, and let him out to crucify. This is the place called Garrison. The place of cruelty. From what I can read and study, the Garrison, or Praetorium, or the Common Hall, was the place that housed at least the word, the whole band. That word means from 400 to 600 soldiers. And this is the special forces, if you will, a pilots special army. It'd be like our green beret or our seals of today. This was the best pilot had. And they took Jesus, all of them gathered in that big old hall, that praetorium, that garrison. And you know what they did? The Bible tells us how they, they, they put a robe upon them. They put a robe of purple. Somebody said, hey! Didn't he say he was the king of the Jews? That, well, let's get the king a robe. And they get him a mock robe of purple. Then you see as they take the white, seamless robe off of him, take it off, and the flesh begins to bleed. That old back begins to pour forth blood. It's probably matted and clotted by then. Now they put this purple robe upon And they take a crowd of thorns. And these thorns are not any like little, little bitty thorns like this. They're anywhere from three to five inches long. And the are shaped like an ice pick. And in the ends of this thorn, there, there's a poison uh, that creates an abnormal thirst. Uh, it makes a, a person that's pricked by that thorn uh, have an acute desire for water. They made that thing, they planted it together, they wove it together, an enormously large crown. Uh, I can see as they maybe took two staves and stuck it through there, uh, and two on this side and two on that side, uh, and they probably made Jesus kneel down, uh, and then they took that crown of thorns and they... Crowned him on the head, and then they took those reeds—not a flimsy piece of grass, but like a cane pole—and they begin to smite him, and smite him, and smite him on the head. Can you see those thorns being driven down in the eyes? Can you see those thorns going down through the ears, the back of the neck, and the blood? Then they begin to spit upon him. And they just didn't go. They drew from their silence.
1: The battle. Spit.
0: The faith the Lord Isaiah 15, verse 6 said, I gave my back to the smithers and I kissed to them that plucked off the hair. Can you imagine Can you imagine how that hurt? Have a beard. A man grabbed you by the beard. jerked you out hooks full of flesh and hair. Just jerked it out. I gave my back to the smilers and my cheeks to them. to put off the hole. They hid not my face from shame and spit. I come by hundreds of them. this time And if God decides to today, puts out a movie called The Last Temptation of Christ, God, help hell it's going to be awful. Look in Psalms 22. Hold your place for you. Look in Psalms 22. Psalms 22 is a prophetic psalm. It's a messianic psalm of the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, preacher, how do you know Psalms 22? How do you know David's talking about the crucifixion? Because of those first sentences, that first words. When the psalmist pinned it down, My God! My God! Why is thou forsaken me? Jesus cried Jesus cried There's three animals that are mentioned in Psalms 22 that portray what happened right here at the Garrison. Watch this. Psalm twenty two, twelve. Verse twelve. Many bulls have compassed me, strong bulls of bash and beset me around. As I begin to study this and glean from other men. These bulls of bash and run in a pack. And what they would do, they'd find a the little lamb that was weak and, 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 and that couldn't hardly make it itself and it's straight or something. And they would cut that lamb off of the rest of them. And they would encircle that little lamb. And they would run around and around and around. <laughs> and then from the blind side, one of those bulls would run in. Lord, he'd hit that little lamb and knock it to the ground. Then he'd go back and get in the pack. And they would run around and around, bell and carry it on. And, and another and another and another would run in on that lamb. And <laughs> <laughs> you know what they talking about? Your strong bulls of bashing and sent me around. He's talking about what happened to the Lord Jesus. Preacher, do you mean that really happened? You just listen. Don't you turn from where you at. You listen. So, David, listen. Jesus said in Luke 22, Luke said in Luke 22, 63, listen. And the men that held him mocked him and smote him. And when they blindfolded him, they struck him on the face and said, Prophesy! Who is it? That's the most You see, they blindfolded Jesus. He couldn't tell from where they were coming. And those men probably had him in a chair or something. And they were coming around and around. And then one would just walk in and he went... At the face and hit the face of the son of God. I don't mean just like I'm talking about. Take that fish and just can you see the blood splatter? Who is it? Who is it? Smoke and then from another side they're coming Oh Over and over. His lips were probably turned inside out. His nose bursting open. Blood coming out of his ear. Strong
1: bulls
0: and of I'm pretty picky. Look at verse 13 of Psalm 22. He said, They gape upon me with their mouths as a raven and a roaring lion. You know what this means? The word gape means to nudge. It means to bite with the teeth. He said, they gaped upon him with their mouths as a raven And a roar. Now an old lion, an old mature lion will never roar until it stops its prey and killed it. And then he'll put his big paws up on the front of that old dead animal, lift up that head and give that blood curdling scream that all the jungle knows. But a young lion, it'll toy with its prey. An old young lion will hem up some animal. He'll get some defenseless animal and hem it up. And those young lions would run together, and they would roar out. Oh, that little lamb, if it was a lamb, they'd just stand there and shiver. And they'd roar out, and they'd come in. You know what they'd do? Those lions, those young lions would grab that animal while it's still alive. And they'd tear a piece of flesh off of it and ah, jerk it loose. And there it lay bleeding and suffering, and try to get up. And another would run in like a raven and a roaring lion. So, what are you trying to say? I'm trying to tell you. That night at the garrison, they were so infected with demonic activity that night, I believe one of them said, hey, didn't he say he was the bread of life? Didn't he say he was the bread of life? Didn't he tell his disciples if they eat not his flesh that they have no part of him? They said, well, let's just get a bite. And I I can see one of them grab the hand and bite the flesh off the Son of God. They knackled him with their mouth. Biting
1: upon him. Biting at his
0: feet and his ankles. Biting! He says, I've never seen it like this. Look at verse 16. He said, for dogs now have compassion. The assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierce my hands and my feet. The dogs speak of Gentiles. The Roman soldiers were the Gentile dogs. And they encircled him. They carry him out now out to Calvary to crucify. It's not a pretty picture. You see? you see his face so beaten and burned. Do you see the thorns sticking down through his ears and his face and brow? Do you see the blood just literally oozing? Gaping holes in His hands and His arms and legs where men have bit the flesh off the Son of God. You know who that was for? You better listen to him. That's for you. What's for But Jesus bear the cross alone and all the world go free. Oh, there's a cross for everyone. There's a cross for me. Go with me to John 19. We're fixing the clothes. John chapter nineteen, again, verse number sixteen. Then delivered he him, therefore unto them to be crucified. And they took Jesus and led him away. And he bearing his cross went forth into a place called the place of a skull, which is called in the Hebrew. Golgotha. Golgotha's the place of crucifixion. You know? Medical science says he's lost anywhere from seven, six, seven, eight pints of blood. They say it's a medical impossibility for a man to stand up, much less carry a cross. You know what? Jesus is carrying that cross, man. That cross, and I'm not going to argue whether he just carried the cross member, the cross bar, or whether he carried the whole cross. But if he carried the whole cross, that cross had to be anywhere from 12 to 14 feet in length. Probably weighed anywhere from 250 to 350 pounds. Can you see as they make the Lord Jesus as he kneels down on his knees and he gets him down. He gets down on the ground and they take that cross and they get ready to place the cross his back. Neighbor, they just did very gently set that thing down on his back. I can see if they took that thing and just dropped it down on his back and drove into the ground. Father well, they took his hands and left us up and tied him to that old cross. Tied him that old cross. And Jesus began to push up like this. He began to stagger to get up. He began to step out. The steps to the cross were over a thousand long steps as I looked from where Pilate's judgment hall was down through that brook kid's run back over to the place called the stone. Can you see now, by the way, this is the Passover. All the Jews from the known world are gathered in Jerusalem. You know what? It used to be when they had hangings. Man, people would gather around, you know, just to watch a man hang. Can't you see the lines of people that lines up to watch this or do? And I've even read where they'd have like gauntlet lines. Imagine as they took, laid that hand on that old cross. That hand that had never done no sin. A hand that opened blinded eyes. A hand that broke five loaves and two fishes and fed a multitude. The hand that healed the lesson. That hand. Now, I'm not going to argue with you. I don't believe they crucified him through here personally. The hand means the tip of the finger in the Greek all the way up halfway to the elbow. I personally believe they crucified him right through here. Right through here. You see, there's two bones that run across through here. The weight of a man, if they stuck the end, pull, pull through that hand. Just, I believe personally through here. Through here they nailed him. You know what? There's muscles and there's nerves that run through here that control your diaphragm, your breathing apparatus. Can you see they nail his hands? And then they push his feet up a little bit and give him some room where he can push up and let down. And they cock his feet up and they take those two precious feet, two precious feet, and nail them to that old rugged cross. Stick and sound shouts. It tears through the flesh and rips. And the pain he runs through this body. The artist had been kind, folks. They portrayed Jesus with a loincloth. But it wasn't so. I'm not trying to be vulgar. Now, won't you think that way? He hung there in open chains, naked before all the world, before heaven, and before earth and hell. He hung there. Nine o'clock in the morning, they crucified him. Nine o'clock, just three o'clock that afternoon, Can you see now as they've got him on to the cross, they're getting ready to have poles attached to it, ropes attached to it, and they're going to push him up that big 12 to 14 foot cross. They're saying, watch it now. Watch it. He's going up. Watch it, boys. It's going. And there was a hole where it would land. Can you see as that cross begins to slide off in that hole? And with the girl sticking in front, that body runs us forward. And the son said, all my bones were out of joint. All his bones were out of joint. Imagine if he hangs there and the pain is so excruciating and he pulls up with his hands. Pulls up. Give his feet a little relief. And he can't take that long. He has to let down. He catches the weight with his feet and pushes up with his feet to give his hands some relief for six long hours. Scotching with his back. If you push up with that back and there ain't nothing back there. Nothing but, but bone almost. Can you see it? Can you see that wood saturated with red blood? Can you hear this? say, Pritchard, what? There's blood scattered on the ground. A pool of blood around that call. Six long hours. Something happened at 12 o'clock. Something happened. All of a sudden, no, it wasn't an eclipse. They didn't know what it was. It turned black a sack of hair. The moon didn't shine, the stars didn't shine, the sun refused to give its light. And what had happened? To God had turned his back on this world. Turned his back upon his only begotten son. And out of that black, inky darkness, Jesus gives a horrifying cry. My God! My God, why? I'll tell you why God Almighty turned his back on Jesus. He turned his back on Jesus and let him die alone. So he would not have to turn his back on you. But with open arms God could receive you in the blood of the Lord Jesus. He forsook his son. But he might not have to Can you imagine. Three o'clock comes. The time of the evening, no They've heard him cry from the cross. I thirst. John 1930 and 1928. I thirst. I thirst. Six more hours. And now watch for you. Crucifixion is not necessarily a means of just death. It's a means of slow torture. I've read where historians say men would hang on a cross as many as 60 to 80 to 100 hours before they'd ever bleed to death. And you see, it was the day before. The pastor had to, they had to get him down. They couldn't let him hang up there after, after six o'clock. Wednesday afternoon, he wasn't crucified on Good Friday. God bless you, he just crucified on Wednesday. Good Friday is Roman Catholicism. You can't get 72 hours, three days and three nights in the heart of the earth from Good Friday till very early the first day of the week. He was crucified on Wednesday. They said that after a while, see, that the body would just go. It would go, the mind, the pain was so excruciating, the mind would go almost berserk. And they said that the body would lift at times, just pass, the, the mind would just pass out, pass out. And then the pain would be so excruciating, it would jerk the body back to life, the mind to life, and the tongue, see? Jesus had those thorns in him, and his tongue was swelling his mouth, and, and his lips were bursting and parched, and the pain was so excruciating, so excruciating. He would push up. Go down, push up go down and after a while they call it the sympathetic nervous system would take over in his body and it was just like a, a dying machine finally <laughs> <laughs> in John 19 1930 he said it is finished it is finished it's not I am finished he said it is finished thank God, God. The word is to tell in the Greek. And it means it is finished, it stands finished, and it shall forever be finished. Amen. He bowed his head, he gave up the ghost, and that body jerked. It jerked the last time. That head fell over in those locks. His fell over in that cradle of his shoulder. There that body lay, Them old Roman soldiers came by them with them spears. And they took in. what they did, they took them other two feet that were still alive. And they put that spear between their two knees. And they'd walk around until the bones in the knees would go pop. And they couldn't push back up with their feet, see. And their hands couldn't hold it. And finally their lungs, lungs would burst from lack of oxygen. And they'd just suck. They did both of them two feet like that. That old Roman soldier came to Jesus. He's seen Him already dead. He is still with such hate. He was filled with such hate for Jesus. He took that spear and he went whack right up through the side of the Lord Jesus. It drove up through there into the heart. The Bible said, therefore came out blood and water. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty state. Can you see? Can you see? Joseph, Barmathy, and Nicodemus go to Pilate. They begged the body of Jesus. He said, he'd be already dead. Take him down. I can see as they got him. There was Mary Magdalene. There were several of the women. Can you see that little group of disciples? Jesus stopped dying long enough. He stopped dying. And he said, woman, behold thy son. He pointed to the beloved John. And he said, son, behold thy mother. In other words, he said, John, you take care of me for me. Take care of my earthly mother for me. Stop dying long enough to save an old dying thief beside of him. And that old thief said, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And I hear Jesus as he pushes up. And he says, day shall thou be with me in Hallelujah. Oh, they take that body down, broken bruised and battered. They take that body and they put the alloys and the ointment and the spices upon it. Very tenderly, they wrapped it up. They wrapped the body of the Lord Jesus and Joseph said, well, put him in my tomb where never a man's ever laid. And they put him in that tomb and rolled to the, the old stone and pounded and had a seal put upon it. But you know what? Jesus wasn't there. His body was there, but you know where he was? He said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. He bowed his head and gave up the ghost. I'll tell you where he went. He went into paradise. He came a walking into paradise. Oh, listen. Down through nearly 4,000 years of history, one by one, they went into paradise, the believers. Abel was the first to enter in. and right on down the line, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and, and Joseph. And right on down the line. I can see one day when John the Baptist came walking into paradise. They said, Are you the one we're looking for, John? Oh, are you the one? He said, No, he said, I'm John the Baptist, but he said, Boys, I just baptized him in the river of Jordan and he's performing his ministry and has a faith. Right well on God. I see one I can even see an old man come walking in one day and they said, Are you he? And he said, No, my name's Simeon, but he said, Blessed be God, I held him in my arms. He's been born of a virgin. He's there, boys. One day on that same day that Jesus died, I see somebody come in and he's just a shouting and a hollering, and a blessing, God. They said, boy, we've been down here 4,000 years. What are you so excited about? Are you him? He said, no, I'm the dying thief. But he said, he said, that's him right there behind me. Blessed be God, he came a-walking in. Uh, and he said, I'm he that was dead. Uh, and whole boys, so I'm alive forevermore. Uh, and I've got the keys to death from the grave. Uh, and
1: we're getting ready to get out of here. Uh. Oh, my God, a boy.
0: Thank God. And he delivered captivity captive. Uh, and he brought them out. Brought them out. I can see on that 71st hour, Fifty-nine
1: minutes
0: fifty-nine seconds. On that seventy-second hour,
1: there
0: was a rustling of those grave
1: clothes. He just stepped out of it. He didn't
0: lose the stone. He just stepped on it. Yeah. Say, I'm alive. I'm alive. I'm alive. Boy, I see. As they came down there Mary. Oh, Mary wanted to be the last place she knew him to be. And Magdalene went down there very early that first day of the week. Oh, she found the stone rolled away. Found the body gone. She turned and thought it was the gardener. Oh, it was still dark that morning. She said, Sir, where have you laid him? Where have you taken my Jesus? He said one word, he said. Thanks God I remember my mama calling me Buster I remember my dad calling me Buster I've got a little boy and a little girl God willing in the morning I'll wake up and say hello dad But I'm telling you I ain't never had nobody call my name Like the holy ghost can call it Like Jesus can call it Jesus said Mary One word was enough for her She fell to his feet and said Rabboni, Rabboni Which is to say master he said, "You go tell him I'm alive. I'm alive. I'm alive. <laughs> Hallelujah!" Because He lives, we shall live also. I may have to go by the way of the grave, but blessed be God on the resurrection morning. The same Spirit that raised up Jesus is going to quicken my old body and bring me out of. A fresh look at Cal. Amen. Pilate said one day in Matthew 27, 22, Pilate said, What shall I do with Jesus, which is called the Christ? What shall I do with Him? They cried together in unison, Crucify crucified. crucify I will to ask you a question. Not every one of you. Look up here. Boys and girls, moms and dads, teenagers. What have you done with? What have you done Have you accepted him as your Lord and your Savior? Have you accepted what he did for you at Calvary? For the remission of your sin? Have you been born? Are you saved? And then I want to ask you, are you falling him tonight? Are you really living for Jesus? Is he all all to you tonight? I if we could get a fresh look at Calvary and make our witnessing more effective. Oh, it'd make us faithful to Sunday school. It'd make us faithful to church. If we could just look again to Calvary. We learned about that day. We learned that it was a day of sovereign design. It was the day of the Savior's death. It was the day of the saints' delight. It's the day of the sinner's deliverance. <laughs> but it was the day of Satan's defeat.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I can see that old devil. I can see them
0: demons reporting the Papa devil. And they said, we've killed him. I see as he said, death, you've got him. Death said, I've got him. Death said, I've got him. I can see in my mind's eyes Jesus checked into hotel death. <laughs> I can see old death go around the registration board. He said, sign in. Everybody signs and I've got Abraham. I've got Isaac and Jacob. I've got them down for the years. We've been awaiting them. you caused us much trouble. We're awaiting them. You know what he signed? He signed two words. Death said, I've never seen a man like that. What's it mean? I am. I am. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me though he were dead. Yet shall he
1: live.
0: What about it today? Are you saved? Are you born again? Has your heart been tenderized tonight? When I look at this, I stand embarrassed at how I live for Jesus. How little I do. How little that I do. When I see Him for the first time, folks, oh, we're going to wish we'd have done more. We're going to wish we'd have given everything we had when we see Him for the first time. Oh, should you bow your heads with us? tonight? for through preaching, our musicians are coming tonight to play. You do what the Holy Ghost did you to do tonight. Have we told Jesus today, Jesus, I love you. I love you, Lord, for saving me. Must Jesus bear the cross along, the church? I tell you what, tonight could be the greatest night of all this revival. That we'd have a fresh look at Calvary. Oh, to fall in love with the cross one more time. Go out of here to tell the old old story to win our loved ones to God. I want to see the hands of those tonight can say, Preacher Seton, thank God tonight I know I'm saved. I'm assured I'm a child of God. I've been born again. Would you hold your hand up if you're saved tonight? Hold it up high. Hold it up high. You can take it down. God bless you tonight. Is there anyone that cannot raise your hand and say, Preacher, I'm not saved put your seat I'm not saved tonight anyone just slip it up let us pray for you Jesus died for you young man young lady Jesus died for you one more question tonight what does the cross mean to you? would you have to say tonight be honest in your heart brother Buster my heart's not been really Stirred like it ought to be about this situation of the cross. Preacher, sometimes I lose sight of it. Oh, I won't just call to Jesus tonight and thank Him for saving me, thank You for bearing my cross, my shame. Do you need to just come, bow down at His nail pierced feet, say, Jesus, I love You. I want you to obey the Lord tonight, church. Young people, visitors tonight, this is the invitation now. How thankful are we? How thankful are we? You see, if there's unconfessed sin in our life tonight, we ought to get it right. If we're cold and indifferent on God tonight, we ought to get it right. If we're away from God tonight, we ought to get it right to think that He loved us far as I could see, every hand was raised in here that you're saved. The church, we need to ask God to give us a revival of Calvary. Oh God, that you take the truth. How you loved us. How you gave your only begotten son for us. It ought to make us get in this all tonight and say, God, let me be a soul winner. God, let me do something for you. God, let me give myself to you. You do what the Holy Ghost tells you to do tonight. This will put faithfulness back in our lives. fresh look at Calvin. It will put a great desire in our heart to tell sinners about Jesus. Is thine heart right with God tonight? Have you been revived in your soul and your spirit this week? I'm concerned about people that can go all week long in a revival meeting such as we've had and never one time need to come to the altar to pray and talk to Jesus. I'm not just on an ego trip to see how many we can get down here. How's your heart tonight? You remember the last words of the text tonight? This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you. Shed for you, mama, daddy, teenage boy, teenage girl. Shed for you, sir, man. Shed for you. Shed for every man, woman, boy, girl that's ever lived. Jesus tasted death that sinners might be saved. Amen.
1: Amen.
0: Yeah, I tell you this will make you look down in your heart and say, Lord, if I've been just playing around, or have I just been going through the motion? You do what Jesus tells you tonight. Paul the apostle said, For the love of Christ, constraineth us. For if one died for all, then we all were dead. That we sh- that live should henceforth live under Christ. Every song tonight was in line with the message the Holy Ghost wanted this message brought tonight. I'm assured in my heart that as we close out tonight, that all the glory will go to Jesus, to Jesus. Jesus paid it all. All to him, we owe. Then it left a crimson stain, but his blood is washed it white as snow. Sometimes I find myself going through the motions, to be honest. I begin to get in that mechanical rut. And I have to ask the Holy Ghost, take me back to Calvary. Oh, that the Lord would die for such an old wretch, such an old dog, such an old worm as I am. Can you imagine that God would give His Son to die for the such likes as us? Oh, blessed be God. The song is saying, Take me, Jesus, take me now. I surrender all. Have you done that this week? Have you really done it this week? A fresh and easy, let it all down on the altar. Father, we just ask You now to have Your will and way. Oh, Lord, we thank You for what You've done for us. Here, God, help us not to be quick to forget. Help us to be mindful, Lord, to praise You and bless You. Lord, You continue the invitation as You see fit. Jesus' name.